Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Are you going to make it through? Is your mic going to survive this? I don't know. Thank goodness the engineers, because they are extremely essential right now for radio. My goodness. Um, just walked in, so I just told him about the microphone. He knew exactly what I was talking about and went, son of a bitch. So, yeah, he's he'll be working on fixing that as soon as this is over. What the fuck did you do? Were you cranking it really hard? I or what didn't happened? do anything. It was like this when I found it. Right. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what all engineers and IT people hear on a like daily basis from their staff? It was like it when I got here. It just I happened. I don't know what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, I think they are probably going to, in their mind, call bullshit. And you're now on their shit list. It, so I, now done. on their shit list, Scott? It's yeah, you probably Trust were to me, begin I'm, with. I'm star. I'm at the top. Um, we did get a request for content in this podcast, and we will get to that coming up in just a few minutes. First off, we're just over an hour away as we record from an announcement about rent relief from the federal government for small businesses. This is great news, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Cool. Yesterday, the president of the United States announced that you should probably or announced he'd like to figure out a way to inject household cleaners into our bodies so that we can get rid of the coronavirus because it works on surfaces, so it would probably work inside us. <laughs> Listen. I just ate a Clorox wipe before we started, and it's true. I don't think I have coronavirus. Uh. You know, I'm seeing the trending list right now on Twitter, and it is Windex, it is Lysol, it is Dear America, because everybody around the world is trying to pen a note to America, being like, what in the actual fuck is happening over there? Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I threw a dishwasher puck into my coffee earlier. No coronavirus. So uh, there's something, too, what the president is saying. Don't just discount it so easily, everyone. Well, and look at what we did. What was it? Two years ago, the Tide Pod thing. Well, fuck us all, right? Like, because apparently. (laughs) Who knows those dumb little shits were on to something. Apparently, they're the fucking most brilliant people alive. No, it's it's just stupid. Like, it honestly, it it baffles my mind that this guy is still running a nation. And that's what he fucking said. This is, there's too many. He's doing too many pressers, too. He's like, he's talking too much. He should shut the fuck up sometimes. And I'm not saying that from a political standpoint. I don't care who you like or who you don't like politically. I'm just saying there's certain people that just need to take a step back and take a break for their own mental well-being and i think he might be one of them i am in ontario here i don't understand why we're sending the military to long-term care homes but i I, maybe that'll turn out to be some brilliant decision in hindsight uh we'll have to wait and see about that too in the meantime uh let's not talk too much about covid19 because we have the replay of missed connections coming up at the end of this podcast and we got a special request for this one Mm -hmm. so we got a great dm uh, sent in through Instagram and I believe his name was Brian. I want to make sure I'm correct. Uh, and he wanted to know if we could talk a little bit about our celebrity encounters. He says, mm-hmm. I'm all caught up on your podcast, wondering if you and Scott would ever want to dish the dirt on what celebrities had their head up their asses and which ones pleasantly surprised you. Just a thought. I always got a kick out of when Scott told a couple of those stories on radio, but I've always wanted some of the uncensored ones. Right. Yeah, we can do that. 
Okay. Um, and that reminds me, I got a DM, uh, somebody asking me if I would tell the story about when I got fired in the past. Oh. Uh, when I got fired from the old station and then I ended up back there less than a year later. <laughs> well, we... we d- we'll I do mean, that in another one. We have we have done that in the podcast, in the Ask Anything podcast. Do you remember the number of that podcast off the top of your head? Uh, it was the beginning of season two. Okay, so Very go back first- to... Yeah, yeah, go back to that yeah, because yeah. that answers a lot of questions that people still ask us on a day-to-day basis, but we did answer them. It's crazy, right? Like everybody asks about stuff like that. But let's talk about interviews. You and I have both interviewed people many times, and it's weird the way it works because sometimes they want both of us. Sometimes they just want one of us. Sometimes it's a matter of we don't want to send two people to go and interview someone because it's not that big a deal. So we've done interviews together and separately. Which one stands out the most for you? Um, see, I get a specific to interview or can this just be like a meeting thing? Just being in their presence. Hmm. Do both. I being think, in their okay, presence sure. First. So the favorite person that I've ever met and I did exchange a very, very quick, 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 quick conversation with was Al Pacino. That's by far my favorite. Uh, my, what, uh, I guess I have a couple favorite interviews. I think that my, my favorite has to be with the trailer park boys, even though they got me in shit, but I will say that that's, <laughs> they did, but it wasn't my fault, but that was probably to me the most entertaining, most fun I've had during an interview ever. What happened that they got you in shit? Okay. You want to hear this story? So I'll start yep. here. Cause I, I do want to know, I am curious who you, who yours are. Cause I'm not okay. sure I know your absolute favorite. So okay. we'll get to that. So I was working over at a station at the time called Cool FM, which is in Waterloo region as well. Um, That's what the station name was. And I was doing the afternoons. And my program director, bless his heart, who's actually now a city councilor here in the region. He was my program. That is what, Schneider? That would be Dave Schneider. Dave Schneider. Dave Schneider, the most like the nicest, sweetest man you'll ever meet. Okay. So he lets me know, Hey, the trailer park boys are in town. They want to know if you want to go hang out and ask them some questions. And I said, well, sure. If they want to, if they want to swing by, that sounds great, but we definitely got to like pre-record it. Right. And he's like, well, no, they'll know you're on the radio and it's okay. You can go live. And I was like, oh, shit, you're such a nice person. You have no idea. These guys just swear. Like, that's all they do. (laughs) And he didn't know that. Even though I explained it. And he goes, yeah, they're funny. They're funny, right? Like, he knew they were funny people. But he's like, just tell them they're on the radio. It'll be fine. You can do it live. The whole time I knew it was a fucking terrible idea. So I had, it was only two of them. It was uh, Mike Smith and uh, Paul Tremblay is the one who plays Julian, right? Yes. So it was Julian and Bubbles. In the studio, by the way, the Paul, John Paul Tremblay was drinking. Like Jesus, he had, Julian. Ge- We're he, doing a radio show. <laughs> he had a drink in his hand, okay? <laughs> so in character, they come in. So I knew it was bad news. So I'm like, I need to be recording this. And they're like, it's fine, it's fine. Just, just don't swear. Uh, are you kidding me? So sure enough, crack the mic. One of the first things to come out of... John Paul Tremblay, Julian's mouth was, oh, what the fuck is this going on here? Where are we here? What city are we in again? And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So right away, I'm like on the radio. I said, you guys can't swear. Oh, oh, fuck. Like, so anyway, there was about 15 swear words during that entire interview. And luckily nobody, I have no idea why, uh, but nobody ever, ever issued a, any complaint to the CRTC? I'm shocked. 
Really? Okay, so people are very choosy about what they want to complain to the CRTC or better, the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council about. For example, you can have the Trailer Park Boys in and drop 15 F-bombs in 15 minutes. Nobody gives a shit because they expect the Trailer Park Boys to swear. But if you get Justin Timberlake in and he says shit, holy cow, people are writing letters like it's Christmas and Mm -hmm. he's Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. I'm just kidding. Justin didn't actually swear. Was he? And I know you've interviewed him more than any other celebrity. Yeah, I've interviewed Justin Timberlake like six times. Is over he your the favorite? Um, okay, so Justin's really good, and I'll tell you why. And then I'll tell you who my all-time favorite is. Justin's good because Justin remembers where he came from. He's humble. And Justin is from Nashville. And Nashville is country music. And in country music, they have got it down pat. Country music still appreciates radio. They get all the plays they want on CMT or whatever. They still go out of their way to take care of radio, to do the interviews, and to make sure radio gets their new music first. Because they realize that radio still breaks music. Justin Timberlake has that mentality. So I'll never forget, I was in the basement of Scotiabank Arena, Air Canada Center at the time. He had a ton of interviews lined up. It was when Sexy Back had come out and he was on that tour. And he they always let the TV stations go first because that's what the record companies think is important. So he had done ET Canada and he'd done eTalk and he'd done like shitty little stations out in the West Coast that flew in just to do a Justin Timberlake two minute interview. It was crazy how many he'd done. I was the last one to go because I was one of the few radio people that was invited to this. So I'm sitting there and it was just black curtain dividers up and his people went into his section and said, okay, Justin, uh, that's it. We're going to have to wrap things up for today. You got to get on stage. Uh, You've got like 10 minutes to go. So we're just going to cancel the rest of the interviews. And he said, okay, well, wait, who's left? And the record rep said to him, it's uh, it's Scott Fox. It's radio. And he said, no, 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 no. We're not canceling radio. Radio got me to where I am today. We are not canceling on radio. I will do that interview. And he made time and left 18,000 people at Air Canada Center waiting an extra five minutes to make sure that he did a radio interview. Not because of me, not because of the station, but because he still connects with his fans through radio in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. And I thought that was one of the most uh, cool and respectful things that an artist had done in an interview. So top marks to Justin Timberlake, truly one of the nicest, most talented guys you'll meet. Mm -hmm. And he is funny as shit. Like he's one of those guys that will ask you, are you recording yet? And if you're not recording, (laughs) he'll talk to you like a bro. If you are recording, he's hi, I'm Justin Timberlake. The guy that makes a ton of money off of singing on trolls soundtracks and shit like that. That's great. (laughs) He's awesome. He's awesome. Uh, I've interviewed Ed Sheeran, Three or four times now. And Ed, I uh, I fucked up on this one. So I didn't do my homework. I knew that Ed Sheeran was popular. And my daughter was a massive fan. And I brought my daughter with me so that she could go and meet Ed Sheeran and get a selfie with him. He always takes selfies, by the way. He is England's Justin Trudeau. If there is someone around or a phone, he will grab it and take a selfie for you. He loves doing it. So the album was Multiply. And it was just denoted with a, an X. He uses math signs. He had multiply. He had divide. That sort of thing. I, nobody told me. And I guess I didn't do enough homework to realize that the album was called multiply, not called X. So I did this whole fucking interview. Oh, my 
God, that is Call, mortifying. Calling the album the wrong thing. And he was so cool about it because he smiled and snickered a few times, but didn't actually correct me on air because that would have been even more embarrassing to have Ed Sheeran say, get your shit together. You're not prepared for this interview. So that was fine. When I got out of there, my daughter said to me in the car, you know, you said the name of the album wrong. And I was like, shut the fuck up. No, I didn't. I'm a professional. <laughs> I didn't say the name of the album wrong. Your daughter you, called you out. She did call me out in the car. And she's like, dad, it's called multiply, not called X. And I looked at her and I thought, fuck, you're right. Damn it. So I had to go back to the radio station and edit that interview for about two hours to take out every time in 15 minutes that I said X and dub in multiply. So the next time I saw him, it was when he had just uh, gone on this crazy diet because he was going to be shooting the video for thinking out loud. Beautiful song. That's where he does that ballroom style dance. And he was uh, very interested in talking about that. But I said to him, listen, before we start recording here, I feel like a bag of shit because the last time I interviewed you, I said the name of your album wrong and he was so cool about it. He's like, no, mate, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I knew what you meant and everything is good. I, I hope you didn't take any flack for it because I know my fans are a little hardcore sometimes, but you're good. There was no need to correct you. In fact, if you want to call it X, you go ahead and call it X. I'm just grateful that you're you're doing an interview and you're going to give me a little bit of promo on your radio show. So Ed Sheeran is just the fucking man. I love the guy. Uh, I wish, really, really I good. wish though that story would have gone differently. Like he wish he would have been like, you fucking idiot. Oh, and he very easily could have. He could have looked at me and said, you're a fucking idiot. That's like, great. why did they send you? There's probably like a million entertainment girls at your radio station that know exactly who I am and what the name of the album is. And they sent you totally unfucking prepared. But That's anyway, right. he didn't call me out on it. Uh, Sean Paul was probably the most fun interview I've done, though. Yeah, Sean Paul. We've all heard the stereotype. We know that Sean Paul likes weed, right? Mm -hmm. He was so high. The last time we interviewed him, I don't even think he knew where he was. I mean, he came into the studio, and we were just doing one of those, ha-ha, random fire uh, uh, cars or trucks or uh, stop or go. Uh, tell us what your favorite is. Tell us what your preference is. And one of them was check or debit. He said, uh, check. And I said, okay, why? I don't know. <laughs> and he almost <laughs> fell off the chair. He was so wow. high. In fact, he took a break in the middle of the interview to go to the bathroom, but I don't think he went to the bathroom. No. I think he went outside. No. There you know what? I've it's amazing how many celebrities are high and you know or drunk and you know that. Like as you're interviewing them, you're like, should you be doing this right now? Like I I probably don't think that I would be doing this right now if I were in your shoes. Two of those people come to mind right away. One, wait till I say this, you're going to laugh your ass off. Mob Deep. If you remember Mob Deep. Mob Deep. Yeah. Mob Holy Deep. shit. Mob Deep smelled so bad like weed. Like it was in, and this is obviously way, way back before it was even legal and stuff, but that's fine. We, knew, I mean, whatever. They're going to do it and they don't give a shit. So they were about to play this concert. <laughs> <laughs> small venue concert and they were just uh, it, we made fun of them so hard when they left because they just thought they were the shit they were rolling with 50 cent at the time let's not forget oh, yeah. right this is mob deep 
but but Fiddy was not there. This is just the rest of the guys from Mob Deep, and they just thought their shit didn't stink, but it did, and it smelled like weed. They were coming. <laughs> Even your shit smells like weed. They were coming on to all. But there was only two girls actually that were present. They were coming on to us so hard, just begging us to go to their hotel. I'm like, no, are you fucking ridiculous? Like, no, you're gross. Anyway, so there you go. Fun fact about Mob Deep: they're gross. And Zach Efron. Oh, Zach, yes. So Zach Efron was promoting that DJ movie that is not, it's not very good. That was a real stinker, wasn't it? Real stinker. And we had met up in a trailer outside of a club to do interviews. And he was also with Emily Ratajkowski in this particular film. And Emily was very, very nice. Um, and so we were told you have like three, they, they narrowed it down from seven. It used to be a seven minute interview. Cause this is what happens to you, by the way, when you're doing celebrity interviews, it doesn't matter what you say or think or who you are. If they tell you that the interview times changed, it's changed and you have to sit around and wait and they'll tell you how long you have to talk. So our interview went from seven minutes to three to talk about a movie that wasn't very good. And I, I wasn't allowed to ask Zach Efron any personal questions and that sucks. When that happens to you as an interviewer and you know like the people don't really want to know too much about this movie, they want to know more about your personal life and you can't ask any questions, it's, it's difficult as an interviewer. So I'm sitting across from him at a table, like think of a trailer, like is it a trailer park trailer? We're sitting at a kitchen table, a little kitchenette, and his eyes were bloodshot. Oh yeah. Bloodshot. Uh-huh. And I was with someone else from our sister station at the time who was like fangirling over over Zac Efron. But we both came out of that trailer going, something is up with him. And sure enough, a little while later, he came out to announce that he had, in fact, had a big drug issue. And we were like, no shit. <laughs> kind of saw that coming. No shit. So unfortunately, my Zac Efron encounter was not as wonderful as I would have hoped because he he also looked very tired and very defeated. And well, he yeah, was just, just kind of one of those disappointing ones, you know? He spent all that time making a fucking bomb of a movie. I'm not surprised. And then he had to sit and talk about how great it was oh. so that anybody who heard the interview and then saw the movie has to think, he has no idea what he's doing. That's a terrible movie. Yeah. That's the problem with it. And a lot of these celebrities and artists, they don't love doing promo. I mean, they'll do it, but they don't love doing it. It's just part of the job, mm -hmm. and they're more or less contractually it obligated contractually, yeah. to do a certain number of interviews. And well, we just, it, you know what? Just so you know, maybe there's a celebrity listening to this right now. In a lot of cases, we don't want to do it either. I don't give a shit most yeah. of the time. I really don't. Now, I'll go and do the interview because it's good for the business or it's good for the radio station or whatever. But the fact that you seem to want to do an interview at, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday, downtown Toronto. Well, that's smack dab in the middle of my nap time. So I'm going to be a little bit <laughs> shitty about it, too. Just so you know. That's real talk. That's the truth. Most of the time I get asked to do an interview, I think to myself, okay, where is it and what time is it? Yeah. Because if yeah. it's in the middle of the day, I think... Ah, fuck. All right. And I then I'm going to sit in traffic for two hours trying to get home. Then I got to edit it and we probably won't even play it. I know. I know. And you know what I thought of um, as we were talking about those people who don't want to be there is Jonas Brothers. Um, we'll tell you this story real quick. We were at our old station, Z1035, and the Jonas Brothers came in, all three of them, right before they broke up. Like when I say right before, what was it, Scott? Like three weeks later, they announced that they were splitting up? I don't even think it was three weeks Not later. Not even, eh? Not even a month later. So they all came in and we had people 
fans waiting outside of the station, just going crazy. We're in the studio with them and something was not right. Like I have photos of it. I still have photos of it and they all look depressed. Like when I say that, I mean, I've never seen any artist come in, not even with a, barely with a smile. I think Kevin was the only one that kind of smiled a little bit, but you knew something was going on there. And then sure enough, a little while later, yeah, that story was out that they broke up. They're all good now, which is fantastic. They're working together again, which is great. And they're brothers. That must be hard. But the whole time we knew, yeah, something, some kind of a story is going to break here because something's not right. Um, a celebrity that's really cool, but I'm not going to tell this story right now because one of the things I'd like to do is get Dave to join us on a podcast mm -hmm. because Dave and I did morning shows together for over a decade and he did a lot of the interviews as well or he was part of them. So when Dave comes in on the podcast, I'm going to get him to tell you the Eric Roberts story, <laughs> which is the best. The be I love this story. I'm going to get him to tell you about Eric Roberts, uh, a couple of wrestlers and Jeremy Piven because Jeremy Piven is the coolest fucking guy you've ever met in your life. Mm -hmm. Don't at me. He is ridiculous. Like when you talk to Jeremy Piven, it's like you're in an episode of Entourage. It's nuts. So I'll get him to tell that story. Um, I was doing an interview at the Soho downtown Toronto. Uh, usually when celebs come in, you'll they'll rent out a hotel room, which is specifically for interviews. Rob Thomas, the singer from Matchbox 20. He was doing interviews, and I don't even know why he wanted to do one on our station, which we were a top 40 station, but for whatever reason, he wanted to. So I said, all right, fine, I'll go down and interview this guy, and I didn't know a ton about him other than, baby, 3 a.m., you know, we've all known the song, <laughs> right? but that was about it. He had the penthouse suite at the Soho Metropolitan Hotel. It had an elevator in the room and a wraparound balcony. You could see two different views of Toronto from the same balcony. It was awesome. So I sat down to do the interview, and there's a little bit of setup because we've got to plug in our recorder and, and put the, the thing on the microphone that you see in all the press conferences so you know it's a Z103 microphone or a 91.5 The Beat microphone or whatever. In any case, uh, so I got set up, or I was doing that, and he looked at me and he said, is it cool if I smoke? And I thought, what do you mean smoke? <laughs> <laughs> he was asking me for permission to smoke a cigarette during the interview. I had no idea because I had, I think, 10 minutes with him. That 10 minutes turned out to be about 45 minutes, and he must have smoked a whole pack of cigarettes in that 45 minutes. Whoa. This guy was crazy, like chain smoking. He was lighting a smoke when there was still a smoke lit so that he didn't have to have any downtime to light another one. It was messed up. So we had a great talk, and then he's like, you want to go outside? You want to take a look around? I was like, damn right I do. So we went outside and we're looking around his balcony and he's asking me what different things in Toronto are. He was so cool. I don't even know if we talked about whatever album he was promoting because he just wanted to talk about cigarettes and what he likes to drink and his dog. It was so much fun. Oh, that's great. One of the most fun interviews I've done. There was no pressure whatsoever and, and he was smoking the whole time. It was amazing. I love that. Um, one of the, I'd say it's probably our worst interview was Lord. <laughs> that was not, okay. That was not all our fault. But so Scott and I, when Lord really, I mean, Lord hit it big with Royals. Remember Royals, everybody? We'll never be Royals. Royals. So we were playing that song nonstop on Z and we got the opportunity when she was in town to go, same similar situation. We went to a hotel where she was at and we were, we were kind of excited about it. We thought, you know what? This is a up and coming artist. This could be a big, big, big deal down the road. We definitely want to chat with her. I'm definitely curious. 
And I think the photo of the three of us together post-interview says everything you need to know. The girl now, I mean, openly is is a shy person. And she said before, she doesn't like doing that kind of thing. But like Scott mentioned, a lot of the time it's contractual or she's supposed to be doing it. They kind of make them, they kind of shoo them out. Like, go, 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 go. Talk to the media. Talk, talk, talk. She was so uninterested in talking to us or smiling for that matter. Oh, yeah. I thought that she hated us and might kill us at any time. Yeah. Because like, she did not want to be there. Even... And- Getting like a simple answer out of her, like, how are you doing today? was like pulling teeth. Yep. Didn't want to talk about it. One word answers. It was not a good interview. And we were looking at ourselves thinking, did we do something wrong or or what's the deal here? And then we realized, oh, okay, that's really just her. She's not a talkative person with strangers. So... Yeah, we had to do that picture at the end, and it's probably the funniest picture we have with an artist because <laughs> it's so she, awkward. She was so fucking miserable, <laughs> and I'm like, "You've got the number one song in the world. Like, you yeah. never have to work again yeah. now that you just did that. It doesn't matter what else happens in your career. And as it turns out, nothing really has happened in her career since then. But nonetheless, yeah. she made it and did not care at all. It was bizarre, just bizarre. Um. <laughs> One time I was working at another radio station in Toronto. I was working at Kiss 92.5 and I was only there for a little less than a year, but they did a concert in the summertime called, what was it? Wham Bam. I think that's what they called yeah, it. Yeah. The, the Wham Bam. Thank you, Jam. And they had a really interesting lineup with, with Robin Thicke and LMFAO. And I was just doing the daytime show and I was there filling in on a mat leave. But because the morning show was was in high demand and had a lot of obligations with sponsors and listeners, they said, hey, Scott, can you and Dave, who also worked there at the time, but he was doing the evening show, can you and Dave interview LMFAO? And I thought, yeah, shit, that sounds all right. So we went and sat down on the couches they had set up. And then our boss who was just the best. Karen, you are amazing. Karen brings out a couple of tall boys for us of Coors Light. And I thought, huh, all right. If I can drink a beer while I'm doing this interview, this is going to go a lot better. Well, the guys from LMFAO pounded it. They chugged that beer faster than I've ever seen somebody chug a beer without shotgunning it. Shot, 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 shot. Basically, right? And they were getting ready to go on stage and they're getting ready to do the uh, party rock is in the... You know how the song goes? and. Sexy and I know it. And they wanted to get a little lubed up. And I was just along for the ride, Dave and I. So as they kept bringing more rounds of beer, they kept bringing beer to Dave and I. It was about 10 minutes before the actual interview started because we had to wait for the cameras to get rolling and stuff like that. I honestly think I was loaded for that interview. Loaded. That's amazing. I I don't remember most of it. I got a great picture of it with... (laughs) You can see a little spot on my jeans because one of them spilled their beer on me because they were so excited to be doing an interview and to be playing, uh, at the time, the Molson Amphitheater. It was great. They were so much fun. They are exactly in real life like you'd think they are. I I was only tipsy once during an interview. I think once. Um, And it's because it was at a club. It was at Decadence when I was at Z. I went with... Decadence? Yeah. We should do a whole podcast on clubs that don't exist anymore. uh, Right? (laughs) So, So Decadence was starring Calvin Harris. And our boss at the time, Paul Evanov would come out to some events with us, which was kind of the cool part about having one of those bosses, right? That will come out to events with you and have some drinks with you. So at the time, 
I, I went to the event not knowing that I was about to meet and hang out and chat with Calvin Harris. So Kat went ahead and did what Kat usually does and just gave her. I just started drinking, having a good time. And then all of a sudden my boss, our boss, ran up to us, ran up to me and said, okay, Calvin Harris is good. He wants to meet you for five minutes. Let's go. I was like, shit. Like I had just taken a shot of someone's <laughs> vodka from the bottle. From the bottle. Like, Cassandra arrived. There's Kat, and then there's Cassandra. And, That's and, Kat's drunk alter ego. And yeah, and we had crossed over. We had crossed over to Cassandra, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's Calvin Harris. And I think the first thing I said was, you're so tall. <laughs> just, <laughs> just embarrassing. Just embarrassing. But he was so nice. He was so nice, and he let me come hang out with him there's photos of me behind his DJ booth. So it was just me behind his DJ booth as he's doing his set and all the people in the crowd going, who the fuck is that chick? No doubt. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I was living my best life that night. Thanks to Calvin Harris. So he really is a sweetheart. He was one of my favorites. Calvin is a great guy. And for those who don't know, Kat is um, not the tallest person and Calvin's like 6'4". Yeah. He is a giant. He's a beast. And the picture of you two is hilarious. Yeah. It's like the time that I was with Shaq. It's like, <laughs> give me a fucking break. Come on. I don't have a chance here. Um, Robin Thicke. Mm. Thoughts on Robin Thicke? So Robin Thicke... This was right when the the his hit songs were were coming out, and there was no you mean song hit song. Hits, I'm sorry, hit song. <laughs> he was on a couple other tracks, but you're right, there was only one hit song, and but he was living his best life at the time. This is before he got sued, by the way, before the lawsuit. And same thing, met him in a hotel room, and he was behind on interviews i went to the hotel and his people were like yeah it was supposed to be one o'clock let's say they were like yeah it's gonna be more like 2 30. i'm like what in the fuck so i went <laughs> for lunch with a friend downtown with christina uh, we went for lunch as i was waiting and i think she also kind of wanted to see robin thick too but she was waiting having lunch with me uh, at the hotel finally i get the okay to go upstairs so i go up to the hotel room and I know exactly why it took forever. The guy was just deedly, deedly dumb, like taking his time. He was figuring out what he wanted to wear that night and asked me and held up ties, asking for my opinion, which I thought was great, asking for my opinion on what tie he should wear tonight because he was going out. And he had an event, and I'm not sure if it was a concert or an event he had that night because I think his concert was the day after. Anyway, he goes like this. He goes, oh, man, you just missed my dad. I just missed Alan Thick, and I was really yes, and I was so pissed off. He goes, he's upstairs sleeping. He's got literally the suite above me. Do you want me to wake him up? He actually offered because I said, oh, I love your dad. Your dad's a cool guy. He actually offered to go upstairs and wake Alan Thick so that I could meet him. And I said no because I try to be a nice person, and I feel like Alan Thick would probably hate me if I did that. I'm pretty sure he would. Yeah, but Robin Thick was. I didn't find him creepy at the time or anything like that. He he was very nice. I think if my husband was watching, he would say it was creepy. <laughs> but he was really nice and he just really took his time, which is why the interviews took so much longer to the point where we barely, we didn't talk about music for a long time and the interview itself was recorded and I think it's like a six minute interview. It's still on YouTube somewhere, I think. But but we were off camera together for like 10 minutes and Andrew Mallon, you know Mallon who we used to work with. DJ Mallon. DJ Mallon. Alan, he was there and even he was looking at me like is this really happening like the dude was just chilling going back and forth between his bedroom the bedroom area and the living room area where we were trying to figure out his outfit for the night asking us our opinion 
which was hilarious. I don't know. I, I had a good time with Robin Thicke. No complaints there. He's, he's, he's the real deal. He's a nice guy. We've interviewed Headley a few times. I don't think either of us are very surprised at what's going on right now with them. <laughs> No, yeah, we've Headley's been in this. Headley, I think, was in the studio with us more than any other artist during our run at Z. Am I wrong there? Like they no, they were in a lot. Yeah, Um, never had any. We, I mean, you know, a lot of artists are a little bit. uh, They take advantage of their fans and their experiences, and it showed in especially i think in in jacob he never that said though i don't want to make it clear it's not like he ever did anything creepy i think he purposely didn't do any of that with people who were in media from what i can tell although there was one person in radio that i know of that said that it got very inappropriate i wouldn't have deemed anything he ever said said in a overly inappropriate i think he was just making fun and making light of situations but i never thought there's an arrest waiting to happen i didn't think that it would blow up to that extent you never came on to me i'll tell you that no that is a fact i have nothing uh tangible to add to that discussion Um, (laughs) but i have heard some stories oh yeah for sure so we're how many more do you want to do here because we could i mean we could talk about lady gaga and Katy perry is definitely one that people might want to know about too yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. Save them for the next one. We'll bring Dave in on that one, and we'll do a part two of the interviews And because there's still so many. I mean, I've, I've interviewed over 100 different music yeah. and movie and TV stars and over hockey. the years. And hockey. There's hockey players. I wouldn't mind talking oh, uh, about what Phil happened. Kessel. Yeah, about what happened with Kessel or Kadri as well when oh, I was Kadri. out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so right, okay. there's some good stories. So we'll save some for another podcast so we don't keep you guys too long today. In the meantime, let's get to the replay. That's right. It is Friday, friends. That means missed connections. This is where we tell you the stories of people that can't find a person they had an encounter with in the past. So they told the story online. We intercepted that. I've got a piano here. I played through the whole thing. Cat tells you the stories. It's called Quarantine and Chill. It's a man looking for a woman. Here we go. I was your quarantine and chill buddy. We met online and shared a whole bunch of our lives. Suddenly though, you're gone without a trace and I don't know what to do with myself. I came on to you a few weeks ago and since then we had some really good chats. I told you my penis is listed essential. Huh? What what an interesting line. (laughs) Baby, this is essential. Now, my partner is gone without a trace. We had a lot of fun online, and now I'm left with just a screen name, MouseQuickie87. Where are you? Well, MouseQuickie87. You have some splaining to do. (laughs) MouseQuickie87. Okay, so when he says we were quarantined and chill buddies... Did they actually get together? I, I don't. I don't think so. So this was just an online thing. It was an online thing. I mean, you can still chill with someone virtually, I guess. So I'm assuming there was a lot of, um, yeah, playing on camera. Okay, good. Because by definition, that's not quarantining when you get together with somebody. No, no, no. Okay, so these guys get together. They have their little screen time. This guy comes up with a. Just a dynamite line. Somebody listening right now is going to steal that. Baby, this thing is essential. 
It, and I got a state I, of emergency happening down it's here. Still working 24 7. This factory ain't shutting down until Doug Ford tells me I have to shut it down. <laughs> By the way, don't mention Doug Ford if you're trying to come on to somebody. That's not a good uh, idea. It's not exactly uh, an arousing thing, <laughs> typically. What do you do? You just bring the camera? Hang on, let me just hang on, baby. Let me get the camera and show you what's essential right now. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Maybe that's why Mouse Quickie got out of there so quick. Um, no. Okay. No. Okay, Mouse Quickie. I got it. I, I just want to know why you ghosted him. Was it the essential service line? Maybe. Maybe. Did you all of a sudden just decide, nah, I'm going to move on to the next guy. There's probably some other guy on the internet somewhere, and I could probably track him down. It's totally possible. She got bored. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe the cheese was just too much. I'll show you an essential service. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I might even steal that myself. Okay. You're writing that down, aren't you? I just yeah, wrote it down. You would. This is called the hot tow truck driver, woman for man. Wow. Like, when did all these tow truck drivers get so hot? I was pulled over on the 401. This was back on Tuesday. I didn't know what was wrong with my car and not one, but two tow drivers stopped to help. They didn't know at the time I'd already called my mom and she was coming to help me, but these guys were both smoking hot. The first guy was bald with an earring, kind of looked like Zac Efron, swear to goodness. He was so nice too. Wish I could have gotten closer, but you know. Three minutes later, another guy in a van stopped and said he can call up a tow for me from his shop. The guy was unreal, like Usher and Nick Cannon had a baby. Andy Ew. had an aunt. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Get that picture out of your head. <laughs> and he had an accent. Anyway, my mom pulled up, so it was awkward. I couldn't get any numbers or swap Instas or anything because of the circumstances. But if this is you, just know you made this girl's day. I ain't even mad now about my stupid car. You know, I could be off at the side of the highway and probably see a half a dozen tow trucks just blow by me. If I'm a hot girl on the side of the road, God, I'm stopping beep, right now. A hundred to zero real quick. <laughs> in any other circumstance, when the guy in a van decides to pull over, you're like, gah. But when he, lo <laughs> when he looks like a baby of Usher and Nick Cannon's, apparently that's okay. Who's the bald guy that looked like Zac Efron? Because <laughs> Zac Efron's to, best feature is his hair. I'm trying to picture Zac Efron without hair, and I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't really want to. No interest. <laughs> Did we ever find out what was wrong with the car? Because that's what went to my head. Oh, I wonder what's wrong with the car. You I mean, think it, you could have helped? It could be a fuel pump. You, it could yeah, be any number of you things. You think you could have helped? <laughs> that's exactly what you're thinking. No. I'd be the guy who doesn't really care if she's hot. I'd be thinking, yeah, if it's a fuel pump, I could probably fix that right here. If it's something else, we might have to get her towed. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Shout out to the tow truck drivers still working so hard out there. And looking, Real hard. Real looking so good, apparently. Yeah.